Hey, it's Sarah. Dimity and I would love your help in making the Another Mother Runner podcast, the original Friday show, AMR Answers, and Many Happy Miles, the best show they can be by completing a short anonymous survey. The link to the survey is in the show notes. Filling out the survey should take about 10 minutes. Your answers will help us determine future topics, guests, and suitable sponsors. We really appreciate your time and input. To show our gratitude for completing the survey, you'll receive a 15% discount code to our Mother Runner store once you finish the survey. Thanks in advance for your thoughtful responses. Welcome to Many Happy Miles, a podcast that celebrates all types of forward movement. Whether it's a few single leg squats or a full-on quad burning workout, we're here to say yay to all of it. I'm Dimity McDowell, co-founder of Another Mother Runner, and today is the final episode of The Final Finish Line, four shows devoted to the time when you can no longer run. In the previous three shows, we've talked to a professor of sports psychology, an orthopedic surgeon, and two runners who are in that murky, hard place of figuring out what the next miles in their athletic career will look like. So if this episode is resonating with you, I encourage you to go back and listen to all four episodes. But today, we're going to wrap things up with Britt Parker, a trail runner and mother of a middle schooler who lives in Superior, Colorado. Britt loves BHGs, or Big Hairy Goals, and set out to do the Trans Rockies, a five-day stage race in 2022. But her body had other ideas, and I'm going to let her tell you about that. So welcome, Britt. How are you? I'm well. Thank you, Dimity. I'm excited to talk to you. So let's start at the very beginning. When and why did you start running? Well, I started running in high school, honestly, because I had to. It wasn't something I enjoyed. (laughs) Were you a (laughs) sports, were you on a different kind of sports team or something? Yeah. So I, well, I tried a lot of sports. I wasn't very good at team sports. I was on the soccer team. I played tennis, but mostly I was in a Air Force Junior ROTC unit. And so we had physical fitness tests as well. And so that was my goal in terms of running. And then, you know, through college, I ran here and there, I think mostly to try to get rid of the freshman 15, as many of us might do. And then, you know, kind of through grad school started running more, both marathons, but also adventure racing and endurance cycling. So I was always kind of drawn to the endurance side of any event that I tried. You like to go long. Yeah, I did. Yeah. You're a long girl. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, and so you did a 50 miler, which is super yes. impressive in 2019. And that was a very, that was kind of a pinnacle race for you. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, it really was. So in late 2017, we moved to Colorado from the East Coast, from the Maryland, DC area. And I took a little bit of time to kind of acclimate the elevation and a little bit less oxygen. And started really training, I guess in, you know, mid 2018 and had a super long training cycle because I was sort of starting from zero and was working with a coach and just had an amazing long training cycle. And then the 50 miler, which was up in Idaho and Utah, the trail rail run, it just went amazingly well, which for a ultra event is not usually how things go. Usually. Yeah you know, run into issues and have to troubleshoot, but the weather was great. It was cool. You know, just everything went right. And I was definitely hooked after, you know, kind of going from a 50K, a couple 50Ks to that 50 miler. Yeah. Yeah. And you had big plans for yourself. I did. (laughs) 
Well, coming out of the pandemic, right? So, I mean, we all had to weather the pandemic, but 2021, 2022, you want to kind of tell us what you had laid out mentally for yourself? Yeah. So mentally, I really wanted to get to the point where I wanted to at least try a hundred miler once. And so I kind of had a series of races that I was going to do to build to that starting in uh, May of 21 with the Collegiate Peaks 25 miler out in Buena Vista. And then the in June, the Dirty 30 here in my own backyard. And then three friends and I were going to run Trans Rockies run together that I think it was in August of 22. And then the next year it was going to continue. Oh, in fall, I was going to do a back-to-back 50K, uh, the Sawatch Ascent and the uh, West Line Winder out in Buena Vista to try to qualify for High Lonesome 100, which would have been but in 23. So sure. this year. Yep. Yep. So that was the, that was the grand goal. <laughs> the grand goal. And I love that you had it so laid out and you're like, and I'm going to stair step up to these yep. things. But like I said, your body kind of had other ideas and you went through a series of falls, which, yep. yeah. Can you tell us about those? Yeah. So in April of 21, I was running here in Boulder on Mesa Trail, a pretty popular running spot. And I was going through a rocky area and must have caught, you know, foot on rock and tripped and tried to catch myself, which is always where you tweak the muscles and fell pretty hard, but like little skin knee, like generally was pretty good. I had kind of tweaked my high hamstring on my right. It's always my right side. That's my problem area. You know, so I I tried to kind of work through that and started collegiate peaks, but didn't finish. And then in May, I was running on Mesa Trail again, which has become my nemesis and (laughs) was finishing up a run and on a downhill fell really hard. And I, you know, kind of supermanned on the trail, got both knees pretty badly, both hands. I thought I had broken my hand and, you know, worked through that and got x-rays. And once that kind of felt a little better, I realized my shoulder wasn't working as it should. So ended up having a partially torn rotator cuff and knees. I mean, it was just, and just kind of mentally pretty devastated to take another fall on. And this was my first run back, like my first really good run after the first fall. So yeah, I wasn't in a real good state. Yeah. And that falling wasn't an indication of like something, it was an indication of what would you say? It wasn't a disease. It was just more no. weakness or... Yeah, I think so. I think it was weakness. And just again, like my right side, always weaker, always tighter. Um, Both falls kind of stemmed from the right side, looking back and, you know, working with PTs and stuff since. And, you know, so it was just kind of the first inkling that maybe there was something going on. But mostly it was just a trail running fall and they happen. Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Preach into the choir on that. And you don't even have to be running. You can be walking and it can be a fall. You can trip. That on is anything. true. But it is, it is interesting that you say it's on one side because I, when you, when you said that, I definitely feel like there is one leg of mine that always kind of lags. Like that's always the mm-hmm. one that seems to get into trouble. You know, it's, it's, yep. it's the party leg, I guess. So fast forward a little bit, like when did you kind of run into a situation where you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do this anymore. Like what kind of led you to say that? Yeah. And I think that first of all, I guess I'll just acknowledge to something that I've had to come to with, you know, PTs and therapist and just how much our body internalizes stress period, whether it's life or training. And 
when those things start to layer on, we run into trouble when we don't take care of that. And so I kept, I I guess I took a, a little bit of break from running in late in fall of 21. And then in December of 2021, of course, our community was devastated by, by the Marshall Fire. And that was just like another layer. Um, and I was really just feeling completely burnt out. And I was running on and off, again, kind of struggling with just it not feeling right and my body not responding. And then in April of 2022, I ended up taking three weeks off work just to try to reset, especially mentally. And during that time, I did a lot of running and I did too much running. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so some of the issues that I was having started growing and my right knee started swelling and my right knee, ironically, is the good knee. And like I started having more kind of referring pain down my leg and I just kept trying to push and push. And speaking of not running and falling on the trail, last summer, Uh, In June, I was hiking in Rocky Mountain National Park with a friend, and I don't even know how I fell, but I fell again. And that's that was kind of the beginning of the end. Like a lot of the referring pain down, you know, my right side was getting worse, and I, I just I was trying everything, and nothing was working. And that was the point where you know I was giving up races it just was really spiraling pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of us can relate rationally. You know, you needed to kind of take your foot off the gas pedal and yet every fiber of you wants to just like slam it down to the floor. (laughs) Just like, I can get through this. I am a tough person. I can do this, you know? So Trans Rockies, you just knew you wouldn't be able to start that, right? Yeah. So we kept, you know, playing around with it. I had a coach at the time. I had a great PT that I still work with and we kept backing off the goal and backing off the goal to the point of not that I am fast or a podium type runner, but yeah. you know, we're like, well, maybe we'll run walk it, you know, yeah. maybe we'll and and it just got to the point where it's like, no, especially after that fall and with the knee swelling and, you know, started getting MRIs and things like that of knees and it just it just wasn't meant to be at that point. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. So at that point, can you describe because you're very articulate and you're good at this, I want you to describe how you felt. And I don't mean to to make you cry. <laughs> Although if you do, that's okay. <laughs> just bring us back to those days where you're trying to run, you're trying to meet this goal. And oh my gosh, you are just slamming your head into the wall at the same time. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty adequate description. Mm-hmm. I, I guess, I mean, I was really angry. I was really frustrated. I like, I was kind of beside myself and, you know, it's like, all I want to do is run. I don't want to do anything that's bad for anyone else. I don't want to do anything that's bad for me. Like I want to run. It's supposed to be good for us. It's supposed to be this, you know, it it was how I processed life. You know, it was, it was my outlet and it just felt like my body. And I guess at that point too, I was really angry at my body. You know, I was like, why can't you work with me? Like, and that's no good. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but yeah, just I, I just remember being incredibly angry all the time. Yeah, that's how I felt. And then too, because Trans Rockies was supposed to be this goal event with three friends I had met through another mother runner. I mean, I had a lot of guilt too. Like I didn't want to let them down. I didn't want to not show up. I felt like I think we always do. Like, oh, I might be the one that talked them into this, and now I can't do it. You yeah. know, so there was a lot of guilt there too. Yeah. Yeah. Even though they were incredibly supportive. Well, and to be 
to be clear, I mean, that's a very, very hard event. And we had the one person who did it, Julie Patno, yes. on our podcast last year. So yeah, definitely, you know, there were three of you that went down trying. Which, yes. You know, you were still in the <laughs> ring, which I, I very much respect. So you took Julie to the starting line because you were the only, Col- oh, actually, Kathy lives here too. But anyway, you were yeah. one of the Colorado people that could yes. take her to the starting line. What was What was that like? That was hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was so happy to be there for Julie and, I, you know, I was going to push through, but like being at that race, like as soon as they actually started, like I got in my car and I drove fast out of town. Like yeah. I just wanted to be away because, yeah, it was such a, it had been a goal for years and to give that up was, uh, yeah, it, it was really difficult to be there. And yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I remember coming across a post that you did on Instagram, and I'm kicking myself that I didn't pull it up to read part of it, but maybe you can recall part of it. You took a picture of like a squat rack and you, um, <laughs> and then you wrote this very eloquent post. And can you kind of give us the summary of it, the cliff notes of it? Yeah, it's funny because I was just spinning through Instagram looking for something else. So I saw that post, um, you know, I guess I had gotten to the point, maybe we'll talk about this a little, a little later about trying to find something to take up the void of where running was. And at that point, I was, you know, working with a orthopedic sports medicine person, a chiropractor, a PT, you know, all of these different people. And one of the things that I started to do was lift weights in a gym, which never in a million years would I have ever considered doing that. And that was the first day I walked into the gym and there's like 10 squat racks lined up. And I'm like, what am I doing? I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> like I was pretty intimidated. But in that day, I think I finally was able to let go and let go of that kind of must run, must keep pushing and it was kind of a release. I think, I think my words were like, I release myself. Yeah. Like I release myself from the anger and the guilt and, and the shame. I don't know what the, there's shame there in not being able to run. I mean, you're a runner. Your friends know you as a runner, even your non running friends. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, what's your next event? It's like, well, I can't run right now, you know, and there was yeah. like this shame that my body couldn't, couldn't do that activity that was so important to me. And, you know, it was just a release of the expectation of I, I wiped clean my calendar of any races. I sadly broke up with my coach, which is always hard, but I had I couldn't run. And so it was just like, finally, I think in that moment, I was able to let it go and not let it go and that it doesn't upset me or I don't still want to, but in that moment, just kind of give myself a lot of grace, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that release is such a strong verb, Britt. I remember that that was the word because I was going to say it was honor. And I just, I mean, I was so proud of you and I really um, was really, I don't know what the word is, but I just, I was, I was proud of you. And I was also kind of in awe of you that you were able to put it out there and just be like, okay, I'm done, you know, or not done, but I'm going to not cling so much because it is yeah. something that we cling to. Because, I mean, you said running is how you process things. I mean, give, give us a little bit of a snapshot of what role running played in your life besides being the place where you went to go kind of think things through. 
Yeah, I think it was, I'm a lone runner, even though yeah. I love the running community. It's, it's my time. It's the time that I, you know, kind of think through the day or the week or the problems or the good or the bad. I, I can't tell you how many runs I've gone on thinking I'm fine and end up in tears as I process <laughs> through some event that I thought I was okay with, but obviously I wasn't. So, you know, it was just that escape. And then the fact that I spend a lot of time on trails, like my happy places in the mountains and in the hills and outside. And so not only did it represent that um, ability to process and just be with my own thoughts, but also being in nature and where I love to be. Yeah, for sure. For sure. We're going to take a break to hear from the brands that support our podcast. Please support them in return. Stay tuned. We're going to continue chatting with the amazing Britt Parker after this break. So let's go back to that squat rack. So you have found, and I've, I've brought it up, probably people are like, we know Dimothy, Britt taught you to get to the weight room. But I, I'm talking to you, I wrote it in the women's running articles. I wrote it on a blog on our website. I've written it, uh, or I talked about it on a podcast with Sarah, but hearing you go to that strength class, I mean, I've had an idea of that in the back of my head for so long. And you talked about the community there and laughing at each other and you don't talk running because not everyone's a runner. And I was like, okay, Dimity, that is the sign from the universe that I need that. And, <laughs> um, and I, so first of all, thank you for that. And second of all, like, tell us what role that plays in your life now. It is a date at 6am, three days a week that I rarely skip. There has to be something huge in the way, but yeah, it's a, it's a group class with an amazing instructor, Spencer Gooding, who is very knowledgeable. So that was the first thing for me is I didn't just want some random class. I needed someone who I could explain where I was. I guess we haven't really talked about, you know, kind of ultimate diagnosis, but I do have lower back, a lower back issue. I have kind of degeneration of L4, L5, S1, you know, nothing too crazy, but enough that if I don't really take care of things, it, that was the pain I was in for six months that I could barely drive, barely walk. And so I wanted the strength training to be a positive and not to create more energy. And I started with him when I was still in a fair bit of pain. So it was really important to me not to overdo it and to have someone who was willing to help me with form and, you know, kind of give me alternatives when the class was doing something that I really shouldn't. And sure. so it started off as just, I wanted to get strong. I wanted to support my back. I needed something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I had no idea that, yeah, it would become this community of people that show up every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 6am. And, you know, we talk life, we talk new puppies, we talk aging parents, much like you would in your running group. And so it has really become a community. And it's funny because as a runner, I mean, I have all these big hairy goals, but I always struggled with kind of thinking of myself as an athlete, to be honest. I'm not a fast runner. Like I'm there to finish those events, not podium. And I've watched my body and felt my body get so strong. And I feel I am more fit now than I ever have been. And ironically, I view myself, I think, more as an athlete now than perhaps I did as a runner where 
there was a bit of judgment on my speed or pace, even though I knew logically it didn't matter. So it's kind of opened up a whole new world in many ways. It's really cool. That's great. That's great. Well, and, and I mean, I think one of your, it was your, some, one of the the experts that you were going to, to trying to kind of unknot your back pain and your hamstring and Mm -hmm. all those things suggested the class, right? Or that studio that you go, go to. Yeah, it was actually a, a, a massage therapist I work with. Okay. Because I said to her, because we're both, you know, in our approaching in our 50s. And I was just like, I feel like as a female approaching this age, that strength is one of the most important things I could do for my body at this point. But I'm super intimidated and I don't know how to do that. Yeah. And I don't want to get hurt. And she was just like, I have the person for you. <laughs> oh, that's so great. That's so great. Yeah. Well, and you're a sports chiropractor. I love that you have all these like, you know, you live, you live very close to Boulder, Colorado, yes. just FYI. So she, you know, you probably could have, you know, 17 variations on a theme as far as people that will help you with your athletic performance. Yeah. So your sports chiropractor suggested rucking. Yes. So tell us, first of all, what that is and how that plays into your routine these days. Yeah. Um, so rucking is just walking or hiking or shuffling if you get to that point, but with a weighted pack. And that can be anything from, you know, something that's made for rucking to loading a hydration pack with a couple of books and getting outside. So it's super accessible, which is really cool. And it's something that you're starting to see more on social media. And the military has done it from the beginning of time. It's how they get fit. And so I had seen a lot about rucking. And it was funny because it was in my mind. But I was just like, oh, there's no way I should ever attempt that because I have a lower back issue, right? And like, it's super counterintuitive. And I went in to see Steve, the sports chiropractor, and we were talking about how I was at the point, this was like earlier this year, probably late spring, where I was finally out of pain after, I don't know how many months to years of being in kind of constant pain. And we were talking about activities I could do and what would help, you know, kind of just strengthen the core and support the back. And he suggested rucking and I kind of just stared at it. I'm like, are you serious? Like, (laughs) I shouldn't do that. I have a bad back. And he just shook his head. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, in fact, uh, you need to actually strengthen your back. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. He's like, no, no, this is exactly. And he's like, and honestly, he's like, I think any ultra runner would benefit or trail runner because we do a lot of uphill, downhill. A lot of the uphill is actually hiking. And, you know, he's like, you just strengthen all of the muscles in your back, your core, your legs. And so, and, you know, he's like, of course, you got to start light, you know, you can't throw on 50 pounds or whatever. And so I did, I just started really light and started adding weight when I would go walk the dog. And then on weekends, I would go longer. And I really think it was that combination of strength and rucking that kind of put me over that last hurdle in terms of my pain. It's Mm -hmm. been huge. Yeah. Do you still go rucking? I do. I actually did this morning with the dog. Oh, okay. So, so just as an, just as an example, like how much weight do you have in your backpack these days, knowing that you, you know, you've been doing it for a while? Yeah. So I've worked up to about 35 pounds. Okay. And, and I think that I might eventually add five more, but you know, there's diminishing returns with rucking in terms of how much versus your body weight you should carry. Yeah. And the other thing that Steve was really great about, because a couple of times I overdid it. I mean, I know that's shocking given that I'm a runner. <laughs> shocking that you wanted to run 100 miles. You, you overdo yeah. it? Oh, no. 
But he gave really good advice. And he said, look at rucking not as cardio, but as weight training. So he's like, just you wouldn't go to the gym five days a week and like, you know, go all out. And he's like the same thing with rucking. You really it's really targeting a lot of the connective tissue and you really need to give your body time to adapt and recover. And so that really helped me, too. It's like I don't ruck every day. You know, I don't go out for like crazy long. But um, but yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, and so you told me uh, back in the day that you don't ask for help very well. I know that resonates with me and probably a lot of other listeners, you know, because again, we have this like, I am a solo runner. I am woman. I am strong. How did you break through that to reach out to all these people and kind of be very honest about where you are and how your body's feeling? Yeah, I think it was a number of things. One is honestly just kind of hitting a rock bottom. Yeah. When I was in kind of the deepest part of like my pain spiral, like I was, it was pretty excruciating. It's that, you know, referring nerve pain that you just can't get rid of. Nothing relieves it. Yeah. I couldn't get in my car and drive more than five minutes um, without like just being in deep pain. And I was like where we live in Superior, we have a beautiful view of the Flatirons and Long's Peak and the Indian Peaks Wilderness and just the mountains are right there. And I hadn't been to them for months and months and months. And I was, I think it was just like the amount of pain I was in and seeing how it was affecting every aspect of my life and just realizing that, you know, the one-off PT visits here and there and me trying to do like the exercises I've been given at home just wasn't going to cut it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and let's go over to the other side, being in that pain spiral, that chronic pain. I mean, again, if you know it, you know it. Like, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, I have to move my leg from the gas pedal to the brake. Okay, I'm going to clench everything so that my hamstring doesn't, you know, hurt as bad. You know, it's very, you know, it's not, well, it is chronic until you take care of it. Yeah, It's one of those things that just nags at you. And, and so you were eventually pain-free, which sometimes it's hard to even realize how bad it was when, as you start yes. to climb out of that fog. So yes. can you talk a little bit about that, Britt? Yeah. I mean, I guess it was really this summer when like it dawned on me one day that like I hadn't really been in pain for a couple days and how weird that was. And, and you're right. You don't realize like just how much your life is impacted until you feel what it is like to feel normal. And then I think the challenge is not operating out of fear of being back in pain. And I am definitely still there where, you know, I've had a couple setbacks and it's really hard not to mentally spiral like, oh no, here we go again. It's going to be six months of pain. And so that's, but it was amazing. I'm like amazing to just be like, wow, this is what it feels like to not have so much energy pulled from everything else by just trying to cope with being in pain. Yeah. Not just fighting your body all the time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so have you run at all since then or what, what does running feel like to you right now? I haven't yet. Okay. And I've done a lot of hiking and some pretty good distances hiking, but I've, kind of contemplated running or like even just adding a few running steps in, but I'm not there yet. I don't know. It's, it's again, I think it comes back to that. I just, I can't put my body into that place of pain again. And so 
I think it's something that I'll play around the edges at maybe sooner than later. Yeah. Well, it's, I, I mean, and maybe but, it's not alluring at all to you. I mean, and yeah. it might not be, and that's totally good, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I guess that's the other thing I kind of found is that like the desire that was so strong, you know, for so long when I wasn't running was in part replaced by other things I was doing, but it was just kind of that cost benefit analysis in the head yeah. of like, yeah, running gives me so much, but it also took so much for so long with the level of pain I was in. And I still dream, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, about these long events and, oh, I'll pick ones that have more hiking than running. And, um, but, but we'll see. I, I definitely am not at the point where I'm ready to dive in and see what happens. And I, I don't know, maybe part of me too is scared that if I try, it's my body won't tolerate it. And yeah it's almost easier not knowing. <laughs> I a hundred percent agree. A hundred because there are those times like I, you know, there are times where I'm like, Oh, I have a new pair of shoes. My knees uh-huh. feel good. You uh-huh. know, I'm like, Oh, I'll just go out and, you know, and, and especially on a trail, like when you have a nice, like gentle downhill, Smooth. you're like, I'll just yeah. try it, you know, because I'll just go faster. Like that's yeah. the one thing I, with hiking is it just feels like, okay, when am I going to get there? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. You know? And so, yeah. um, but I, again, like it's opening Pandora's box a little yeah. bit because A, if it really hurts, I mean, I guess, and then that's like, you know, confirmation that like, yeah, I did the right thing, but, but also, but also exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I've done some downhill, like a little shuffle, you know, yeah. but not, not a run. I just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, not, not there. Well, you emailed and said you were maybe going to go back to the Trans Rockies and hike a leg. Did you end up doing that or no? Because you had I your did. bib from 2022. Oh, you did. Awesome. I did. Yeah. So tell us about that. So I so I did defer my entry in 22 to 23. And I had a three day entry in 23. And I tried so hard to sell it to give it away. And yeah. it was just sitting there. And I hadn't even thought about it like going. And in fact, I, I didn't really want to in many ways, just because I felt like it represented this goal that probably never going to happen. But we ended up taking a huge family camping vacation this summer through Montana and uh, northern Wyoming. And we were in Grand Teton and there's this 19 mile loop that I've wanted to do forever. And so I was like, you know what, I- I'm going to go try it and see how that goes. And so I hiked the 19 mile loop and it was hard. And I was sore, but like nothing hurt. And it was that, and I got back to camp and I, and I looked at my husband, I was like, what do you think about me going to trans Rockies and just seeing how it goes? And he's like, go for it. You know? Yeah. Why not? And so, yeah. So I showed up, I guess it was the second week of August and did the first two stages and that went well, but that night after the second stage, I was laying there and my body just like feeling my body. And I was like, you know what? Um, I just did, it was like 33 miles and I don't know how many feet of gain and loss. And the next day was like 25 miles. And I was like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's no reason to push this. There's nothing to prove. It was awesome to be out there. And I got to go up and over Hope Pass near Leadville, which was incredible. So I counted it as a win and came home. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> wow, that is so A that's so cool that you did that cuz I feel like that is a really brave thing to do and so mature to say okay, you know what? 2 thirds is great, you know? 
that is a sign of a very <laughs> mature in a good way, like a very intelligent, yep. insightful runner, you know? So was yeah. it weird to be hiking while everyone else was running or were there plenty of hikers kind of around you or talk about that a little bit? It was weird. And there were plenty of other hikers like Trans Rockies is a really hard event, but it's a really cool event in that they create space for runners and hikers of all abilities. And so there's early starts for those who think that the day is going to take them, you know, more than the nine hour cutoff. And so it, there was always people around and people who were also hiking. So that was good. That was good. It was hard not to be there running though. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean, of course it would be. I mean, I, I felt that even when we did, my friends and I did the superior, this is event called the grand traverse. It's in up near Duluth, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people hiked it and a lot of people ran it. And every time someone came running by me, I, you know, you just have this little like, Oh, you know, not like, not like, Oh, this sucks, but Oh, yay. You look like you're so like fast and feeling good. And, you know, and of course they're going through their own thing, you know, but of course, yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely. Well, Britt, what advice do you have for other people who might be going through what you are going through or have gone through? I feel like you're really coming out the other side, like not done and dusted, but you know, it's always going to be there, but um, I feel like you're in a pretty good spot. Yeah. So I guess, I mean, number one is just give yourself grace. Like it's so hard and it takes time. And I think that I'm in a good space and I fully expect that I will backslide at different points in terms of the mental side of this, especially if I do end up trying to run again and it doesn't go well. Um, I think it'll be kind of reprocessing everything all over again. And I think that part of the challenge with us runners is that we, that's part of our identity. And it's so hard to lose that when that's part of who you are and how you define yourself. Maybe that's, it's, I think it's good that it's part of who we are, but sometimes I think we get to the point where it's part of how we define maybe even our self worth. And that's really a challenge when you can't run. So I would say lots of grace and give yourself time and talk to other people who've been going through it. Like there were definitely others, including you who, you know, we may not have talked all the time, but I was seeing your social media posts. I was hearing you talk and write about it and I don't wish it on anyone. And yet it was like finding people who were in the same boat was huge. It's like the non-running runner community. And even one of my physical therapists was going through it for very different reasons at the same time where she couldn't run. And so our PT sessions were, I think, a combination of physical therapy and and mental health therapy in many ways (laughs) as we we talked about our feelings together. Um, But then I guess, you know, do try to find what you can do. I consider myself really lucky in that none of the doctors or chiropractors or physical therapists I saw, I mean, they're all doctors, but those genres, no one told me no. No one told me you can't run or you'll never run or, you know, that sort of like line in the sand. It was always, let's figure this out together and let's go step by step and see what happens. And so that was helpful too. I think I know we're super lucky in the Boulder area that we have all of the sports medicine specialties that are available, but just finding people who will work with you is huge and support you in that journey was big. So I think if you can 
find those people who will be your advocates. That's huge as well in moving through it. Nice. Well, Britt, A, congratulations on everything you've done in your athletic career because it's it has been great. And I'm excited to see. I mean, do you have a powerlifting competition in, in mind? <laughs> do you ever see yourself like uh, going to like, you know, something like that at a CrossFit Games or something like that? I don't think so. Um, okay. That's part of my deal with myself in doing this because obviously as runners, you know, some of us are super competitive with, you know, externally. I'm more of a super competitive internal. So it's funny because twice a year we do kind of one rep max on different specific lifts and we're just going through that now. And, oh, okay. and it's, and I have to coach myself. I'm like, okay, internally, like, yes, go for it and make sure that you're not overdoing it or losing form, like do it within where you can hold form. And so, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Maybe there's, Maybe. I will never say no, Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't think so. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Well, we wish you the best no matter what. So thanks Thank a lot. You. Hey, and just one more quick reminder about our blood sugar badass challenge. It actually starts today, but there is a link in the show notes. It's day one. You can still join us. And if you're listening to this on Wednesday or Thursday, you can join us too, because you'll get all the materials and the challenges to help you balance your blood sugar. Three super easy ways that are very effective as well. And they will bring your blood sugar into a more constant plateau, which is, yes, a trendy thing right now, but it has deep impact on your metabolism. (laughs) Let me say that, on your metabolism, on your mood, on everything else that your physiology revolves around. So check it out in the show notes. Our podcast today was produced by Barry Medore of Fire on the Bluff in St. Paul, Minnesota. 